Welcome to this episode of the podcast, The Centerville Business Beat, produced by Tri-Level Productions. The Centerville Business Beat is a fun and interesting conversation with area businesses about the challenges and successes of serving the Centerville, Ohio community. Here's your host and producer, Terry O'Brien. Well, hello, everybody. I'm Terry O'Brien, and it's February going into March, and we have a special guest today, Patrick Beckel. Patrick Beckel, say hello. Hello out there. And Patrick's here to bore us with all kinds of insurance information. No, I'm just kidding, folks. We're going to hear all about Patrick Beckel's businesses that he's manager and operator of. So, Patrick, let's start with your insurance agency. Mm-hmm. How did you get into insurance? Oh, that's... Uh I always make the joke that I kind of Forrest Gumped my way into it. Nobody ever says, you know what I want to do, Terry? <laughs> I want to go into insurance. But uh, no, I, I was working at a restaurant. I was waiting tables back in college, and these guys came in every day, and they were always dressed in nice suits. And and uh, they said that uh, uh, I had a good personality, and would I like to come interview for a job? And, and basically, that's how it was. I started out going door-to-door. And uh, came up the rough way through the insurance business. And before I finally found my way here, I retired uh, uh, running Mass Mutual uh, in the state of Ohio and, and uh, decided I wanted to go into property casualty. Um, more, more, more back and forth with the clients. And uh, so I was offered a position here in Centerville, Ohio, uh, taking over several nationwide insurance agencies, and I have not looked back. It's so been amazing. How long have you been doing this total? 1992 is my first year in the business. And you're focused on Centerville, Washington Township, Kettering kind of thing? Yeah, all around. Yeah. Um, some of the agents I took over were in Kettering, some in Centerville, Washington Township, correct. And if you don't know the answer, that's okay. Do you know how many potential clients you you have on your roster? We have about 4,000 clients. 4,000 clients. Yeah. Do you find it hard to take care of 4,000 clients? The way that we do it, uh, we try to have a lot of hands-on things. So we do a lot of things that are really different. In our agency, we don't want it to just kind of be about the insurance. So we have more, we call them touches with our clients than some others do. Let's let's go into that a little bit because that's what I found fascinating. When you told me that if it snowed, you have a snowblower there somebody can pick up. Tell me all those interesting things that you do that the other guys don't. Oh, that's a good question. So... <sighs> When, when we did this, when we, when we started this agency, we wanted it to be a family sort of thing where when you come in the door, you feel like your family. The minute you walk through our door, you're offered a drink. You're offered chocolates. You know, we always have chocolates out there. We always yes, have you food. do. We always have food for people. We want you to feel like that, that you are part of our family because we do truly care about you. And I noticed the average age of our client is 57, Terry, which is about the average age of the people in Centerville, Ohio. So I noticed that there was a lot of needs that my clients had, and it wasn't just the insurance things. It's, it's things that you have needs for every day that a lot of times you don't own, but you have to go out and rent. So as a way of kind of conning my wife a little bit, <laughs> I went out and bought some things that I always wanted in the name of the business. So I went out and bought snow blowers and lawnmowers and power washers and generators and dollies for moving things and cordless drills and edgers and trimmers and all these wonderful things. So if, if a client ever had a need, their power went out that weekend, they can come down and get the generator. If they got a lot of snow, they can uh, come borrow the snow blower if something was going on. And it's always free. It's always free. And, and you, you find out when people feel like they're part of something, part of a family, they always take better care of your things than actually you do. So they, yeah. they come back to me in better condition, which is great. So 
it, we, we truly want people to feel like they're part of a and do part they, of our family. Do you have customers that take advantage of those things? Quite a few, quite a bit, yeah. What, yep. can, you, can you give me an example of the last thing that maybe somebody walked in the door and said, Patrick, can I borrow? Snowblower. Snowblower. I mean, recently, obviously. So we had the ice, which was hard on a lot of people getting down through the ice with their shovels. So they would take the top layer off maybe with a shovel and then come get the snowblower to get the rest of it off. Okay. Of the driveways. Power washer seems to be out all the time in the summertime. Uh, People are always using that. The dolly is used. We have a really big dolly that you can use to move furniture, stuff like that. So people come down and borrow that whenever they're moving the refrigerator. As we get older, you know, it's, it's a lot harder to do things. Now, I know, didn't you even have a car that you used to loan people? I did. I did. And unfortunately, <laughs> one, of our, one of our members, our clients, needed it really badly. And it was a single mom. So we went ahead and just gave her the car. See, uh, I have yet to get another one. Yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff I think if people knew you did, would be like, wow, that's really a different kind of insurance agent right there. Again, we came into this with the idea of, so I, I would like to say it sounds great on our part, but I actually get a lot out of it too because... Our clients bring me food all the time. That's why I'm chubby. So we've got, we've got. They come in and they're, they're just. As I said, it's, it's a wonderful way of doing business. They're, they're all, we're all friends. So, you've been doing this over 30 years. And how long you been in Centerville running that one agency? So we opened up January 1st of 2012. So now we're over uh, 10 years. Uh, yeah. 10 years with 4,000 clients. Okay. Yeah. 10 That's... years. And keep in mind, I didn't build all those clients. I did buy multiple books of business. But we've had an unbelievable retention ratio and the, and then growth. Because when people come with us, they're typically not price shoppers. Um, they come with us because they know that we actually care. We give them, when, when a client comes to us, we give them every single discount that's available. We'll never be one of those agencies that where you call in when your rate goes up and they say, oh, we'll give you this discount over here. Which means they haven't been giving you that all along. We literally give you every single thing. So unfortunately... Yes, your rates are going to go up every year because that's just inflation, and that's what's going to right. happen. We can't go back and, and invent some discount that's not there. We've given you everything as inexpensively as we can up front, but we try to bring other things to the table, such as the snowblowers, the lawnmowers. But we also have an attorney in-house uh, that sits down with my clients for free. You ever have any legal questions, you need help with anything, they're going to sit and they meet with you for free. And if they do work for you, they do it for cost. So it's it's... It's, it's another wonderful aspect of what we can do for our clients. All right. So I know you're located on the corner of Virginia. Mm-hmm. Virginia and, and Franklin. And Franklin. And is that, uh, that, is that house, a house you own? Are you renting the house? I wish. No, they won't sell it to me uh, because we pay on time every month and we're really good about fixing things. So (laughs) no, we've tried to buy it since we uh, moved in there. But our our landlord, she's a wonderful lady. And uh, she's like, no, she goes, I have no reason to sell it. You're a good tenant. So but no, uh, yeah, we don't own that. All right. So talk about the little lady who we love, Carol, who runs most of the operation when you're not around. I I, I will. uh, I'll say. I'll say most, uh, I probably most being 90%. She's, uh, Carol's always the brains of the operation and everybody that comes in knows Carol. And it's funny, even though your name is on the sign, um, Carol, uh, everybody wants to deal with Carol. She, she is just an absolute angel. She's the most thoughtful. This is a lady who any of our clients have any minor problem. She won't sleep that night. She literally goes home and stresses about it. She, I've never met somebody that's that compassionate. Her second week of work, uh, when I hired her, 
she, and I didn't know her. Uh, she was a referral from my old office manager. She looks at me and she goes, Pat, you don't look good. Uh, I'm like, thanks, Carol. Uh, welcome <laughs> to the second week of the job. She goes, you look unhealthy. I'm going to start fixing you lunch. So she immediately started every day, fresh fruits, fresh vegetables. She would cut them up, little rolls of turkey, stuff like that, because she felt that I wasn't. That's the way she is with everybody. It's crazy. That, that, is, that is crazy. Yeah. So before I leave the topic of insurance, is there one tip that you could give a listener about when they're seeking insurance, uh, they should ask, right? Hmm? Is there something that we should know, that secret insurance agent thing that you might want to share? Um, I would honestly look into the companies are all pretty much, and I, I don't want to say that because I represent a certain type of certain companies, but your companies out there are pretty much all the same. Um, you want to look at the people you're working with, uh, on a daily basis, uh, get to know the agent, get to know the people. There are some amazing agents locally as well. Um, people that truly do care about you. That's the big thing. When Insurance is great. You know, we, we talk about the lowest price, things like that, but you don't, you don't realize how important it is until you actually need it. Yeah. And insurance, it's me. I'm not selling a product. I'm selling a promise that when things go sideways, that we're going to take care of you and that we're going to put you back to where you are because that's when you need the help. Cheaper is wonderful. It's not always better. And I'm not saying that to upsell somebody. Just make sure that the, the, People that are that you're giving your money to, you know that they truly do care about you and who you are as a person. So, kind of just one more comment about this, right? Because you're there, Carol's there. Mm-hmm. Your four thousand clients know you. They know Carol. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the Geico commercials, and and uh, and those commercials are great. But that person you call when you have an issue is somebody you may not know. Correct. 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 So when you call in first, we want to talk to you first if something's happened. And then we're going to give you instructions and things on how to handle everything. Then we're going to help you turn in the claim. Then the claims adjuster gets involved. The adjuster um, goes out, meets with you, tries to handle everything for you at that point. At that point, the agent is typically, he's not a part of the claims process unless something goes wrong sideways or the way that you don't like it going. Then it's the agent's job to step in and fix any problems. We're the liaison between the insurance agency and you at that time. And our loyalty should be to you as the client rather than the company. Yeah, that's I, I love that idea. And that's kind of why I always deal with local folks because right. you get that extra uh, customer service mm-hmm. thing. And uh, you know you can go down there and yell at them if, if something goes wrong. You know where they're located. <laughs> so so, so uh, for the folks out there that don't know you, you love cigars, correct? I do. I do. And how long have you been a cigar smoker? Oh, uh, for, gosh, 20 20, 25 years. I, I played tennis with a group of guys, and they were all much older, and they were all well-to-do, and I was a broke uh, young guy, and, and they would always fire up these cigars after tennis, and then I dated a girl who smoked, and she wouldn't smoke inside, and she'd smoke a lot, so she'd go outside and sit on the stoop outside our apartment, and I thought, well, I'm going to spend time with her, so <laughs> I went to the gas station and picked up some Swisher Sweets. And I would sit outside because that's all I could afford. And I would sit outside and have a cigar while she would smoke her cigarettes. And then I transitioned uh, to smoking the Swisher Sweets in front of my friends. They all made fun of me and would give me better cigars. And it kind of transitioned from there. All right. So, yeah. so I'm leading you into talking about the humidor. 
Yes. So let's talk to us about how you got started with the humidor, why you got started with the humidor, and how the humidor is going, and what people should know about that building that they drive past almost every single day yeah. uh, going to work or wherever they're going. So yeah. let's, why a humidor and how'd you get started? Um, you know, there's a common theme that goes throughout my life, Terry, and you'll find this out. It's called Forrest Gumping. <laughs> uh, when you meet me, I am a very unimpressive individual. I, um, I'm not the brightest. I'm not handsome. I'm not anything. But somehow things seem to always work out. And I don't know why that is. I, I feel very lucky and very blessed. Well, uh, years ago, uh, in fact, about 10 years ago when I moved to town, uh, there was a gentleman that worked down at the city, and we came up with this plan uh, to redo Uptown. We thought, what can we do? It was downtown at the time. Uh, what can we do different? Because a lot of the businesses were pulling out. They couldn't afford to be in those areas anymore, and we didn't want to lose those old buildings. And we're talking about down, down basically Uptown Centerville, yeah. where Square One is, City Barbecue. 725 uh, and 48 intersection. That's a group of buildings. Highest point in Montgomery County. Correct. correct. Okay. And it, it's when you think of Centerville, those, that's the area that you think about. We were starting to lose a lot of businesses in there, and they, the buildings were starting to fall into disrepair because we couldn't keep the shops in there anymore, and we were trying to figure out how to do it. So we wrote a plan about 10 years ago as to about what to do it. And we had a wonderful city manager at the time, Greg Horn, who's responsible for the brilliance that is Yankee Trace, everything that that development has done for our city and for the community, which has been wonderful. But they didn't really want to pull the strings on it or uh, uh, put it into effect at the time. Um, then uh, there's a gentleman that came to town, this brilliant man by the name of Wayne Davis. And I, and I like giving Wayne a lot of credit because I've known Wayne uh, for a while now, our new city manager. And I do admire his haircut and your uh, haircut. Yes, we, we, uh, we are follically challenged. <laughs> so, but uh, Wayne, Wayne came to town and uh, we talked about it and immediately the city jumped on it. And they developed this much more robust and beautiful version of, of the original Uptown plan. Uh, to get things done. So me personally, knowing all this was about to happen, I knew that things were about to go. So I thought, you know what, it's it, it, it's good to invest in something uptown. So a friend of mine had a bridal shop. Martin, yeah. Martin, Martin had Dress for Day yep. Bridal, which was doing great things downtown. And the landlord that he had the building uh, said, we're, we're going to sell it to this new bridal company. And he calls me up. He says, Pat, will you Will you buy this building for me? I don't want to leave Centerville. I love Centerville. Can you can you help me out here? So I called the uh, the landlord and said I'd like to buy the building. So I knew him and a great guy, and he agreed to sell it to me. So I, I purchased Martin's building so he could stay in there. I did beg my wife and honey, can I can, can I, I buy can a I, building? Can I buy a building? <laughs> and she was generous enough uh, to do it. So I buy the building and. Um, Ten minutes after I signed the paperwork, Martin calls me and tells me I'm moving to Bowling Green. And I thought, oh my God, I can't call my wife now and tell her I just spent all this money. And I've got no tenant. I've got this old building built in 1838 in Uptown, which it is the most beautiful building. And so for folks who don't know, tell them which building that is. It's 30, 31 and 33 West Franklin Street. It was built in 1838. It's absolutely beautiful. All windows. Uh, the upper level is the highest point in Montgomery County. All woodwork all throughout and a ghost from yeah, the original house. We're going to come back and talk about the ghost here at, at the end of this. Yeah, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a, the neatest things this ghost has done. Anyway. 
Um, so <clears throat> I didn't know what to do. Before I could call my wife back and tell her what happened, I called Wayne. Uh, Wayne belonged. Uh, Wayne belonged to this back room when he was the city manager of Montgomery, Ohio, a place called Bell's House of Tobacco in Cincinnati. And when you would walk in the back room, it was the head of Procter and Gamble, it was the head of General Electric, it was Anthony Munoz, it was Marvin Lewis. All the business Cincinnati got done in that back room. All the things. So I belonged. Uh, Wayne belonged. That's how he turned around Montgomery. So it was a, a cigar, smoke-filled back room like Correct. you hear the old days. Yeah, it, it almost reminded you of something from like the 1920s. Okay. So I called Wayne. I said, Wayne, I got this building. What if I bring a Bell's House of Tobacco type atmosphere up here to where we can bring in all the executives from around the areas, all these people that make a difference in their community uh, into uptown Centerville? He's like, the city's on board. So, uh, we decided to open Beckles Humidor. So the way that we did it, though, was different. Wayne said, if we're going to have this, this is Uptown Centerville. Everything must be first class. Done. It's not going to be a cigar shop. It's not going to be a, a vape shop, anything like that. When you walk in, we only carry the top 25 cigar brands in the world. The bottom floor is open Tuesday through Sunday from 11 to 7. Um, and, and that's for anybody that's who's for looking any, for a good cigar. Anybody that wants to come in and have a cigar. You will find all high-back leather chairs, couches, recliners, giant televisions. But what's really neat about it, again, we want to go with that whole, we think of you as family when you come in. You walk in, you don't pay for anything except a cigar. We have free drinks. We have sodas. We've got scotches, bourbons, whiskeys, mixers, anything like that. Um, we've got food. You know, we're, you're going to have snacks. You're going to have nibbles. You're going to have drinks. Uh, all you do is pay for the cigar because we want people to come in there and be part of the community, mingle, network, get to know each other, realize how amazing uh, what we have here in Centerville and Uptown is. So how many, on an average day, how many people you think are hanging out there smoking cigars talking? I'd say we probably get about 25 to 30 a day downstairs. Okay. Now, that's we have an upstairs club. Talk we, about that. Yeah. So the upstairs is called the Aficionado. That is the private club. That one um, is open 24 hours a day, seven days a week to members. Upstairs, yes, it is It is a cigar place, but it's done to get business. So it really is, you can apply, but it, it, it's an approval process. You must be somebody, and, and again, it has nothing to do with wealth, has nothing to do with education, social status. You have to be somebody who's making a difference in their community, somebody who wants to better Centerville, somebody who wants to make this uh, uh, an amazing place. So um, we have upstairs a large open area with recliners, couches, big 85-inch flat screen TV. We just put in a putting green uh, with multiple holes so you can go up there and practice your putting in the winter. Every member gets a locker to store your own cigars, which is actually a humidor as well. So you can just leave your cigars in your locker uh, along with any drinks that you have. We have a boardroom. A long boardroom table with high back leather chairs. You can go in there and have business meetings. If you're a realtor, you can have closings. You can you can do work from there. We have 650 megabytes per second internet. We even have a full kitchen. You can cook anything you like while you're up there. And again, all the drinks are free. We have a refrigerator up there full of beers and sodas and wines. Now, for the club, we do ask that if you do drink six sodas, next time you come, bring six sodas to replace it for the other members. And it's amazing how the members really take care of each other. And then we have a game room. So if you're up there and you're having fun, we have electronic darts and we've got a poker table and we've got, uh, I think it's uh, billiards, uh, uh, the uh, bumper pool table um, up there for people. So that is a place where we have really seen 
a big uptick. We have some incredible members from professional athletes to the city, the township, to our state representatives. When you go up there, the, you're going to meet the who's who. And there, there is there. a membership fee to join that, There is correct? a membership fee. Okay. We, we do have to do that to... Um, um, Offset the cost. Yeah, so again, my wife doesn't yell at me. <laughs> um, but the membership is $1,500 for the year. Uh, but that does give you 24 hours a day, seven days a week access, working remotely. Um, we have all the pay channels, all the movie channels, all the sports channels, all that good stuff. Um, uh, but a way to get people together. Got it. So th- this is kind of a well-kept secret. Not a lot of people know about what's, what that building is or what you're doing. Correct. We've never advertised the Upstairs Club at all. Because, again, we originally wanted it to be membership only. We will limit the memberships to people who truly want to make a difference. Uh, the people who are truly doing some serious networking that can not just, they're, they're not there to get stuff from people, but they bring something to the table for everyone else. Right. You know, a great example. We have a, a, a gentleman who, part of the Noon Optimist Club, they were doing, and we have an incredible Optimist Club here in Centerville, the best in the country, in my opinion. I'm a Rotarian, and I'm actually saying that, which is hard for me. <laughs> it's hard for me to say that, but just a great group. So they were doing a fundraiser for the teachers, and for every volunteer they got for a weekend, a teacher's classroom was funded for the whole year. So this gentleman said, can you help me find someone? I said, you know what? We've got the largest pastor up in Dayton, uh, in Dayton upstairs right now. Let's go talk to him. So he walks upstairs, and I won't say his name, but everybody knows him. He's got 5,000 people in his congregation every Sunday. Walks up. He had 200 volunteers for the whole weekend that day. 200 teachers had their entire classrooms funded for the year just because the gentleman went upstairs and, and said something. It's all about it's just, who you know. It kinda, is. Yeah. It is. And, and the people there, they know what's expected of them. They know that, yes, they're going to get stuff from other people, but we expect you to give too. Got it. You know, we want you to be a resource for the community, not just something to take from the community. So I know you're not the official spokesperson from the business angle for the Uptown development. No. Can you describe, because a lot of folks always ask me because they see me uh, around and say, mm-hmm. what do I know what's going on? Can you describe what Uptown might look like in, in two, three years from now? Uptown in two or three years is going to be amazing. We're going to have a boulevard uh, on Franklin. We're going to have crosswalks. We're going to have lighted crosswalks so that people can actually make Uptown walkable. We're going to have plenty of parking, plenty of wide open, no more of those little ins and outs in those little buildings. And that's the reason some of the buildings were hard to maintain occupancy is because people didn't know how to get in and out of that parking lot and they were afraid of it. Right. So, and it's hard to pull out of there because you got to be going fast. You have to pull all the way out to the street. So before you can see if there's traffic coming or not. So that's all going to change. But the whole goal in changing this was to be able to keep our historic buildings and keep them the way that they are. And that's what we wanted to do with Uptown. So the back part's going to change where the parking lot's going to be all wide open, lots of walking, amazing businesses. But the beauty is with the entertainment district being passed, um, we're going to have amazing restaurants. I mean, you see that Solar is moving their new location up. Uh, you see that the brunch pub is opening up where Lost Pyramids. We've got the new custard, uh, I can't remember the name, but uh, new custard store moving in. This is going to be walkable for people, for families. And the biggest, the biggest objection I got was we don't need another Oregon district. When they <laughs> talked about the liquor license stuff, it wasn't. 
it's because you can't get high-end restaurants up here unless they can serve wine. That is true. And serve things. Right. And that was the whole purpose of those liquor licenses. Now we're getting those restaurants. Because as we age, as I get older, I don't want to drive long distances for entertainment. I want it in my backyard. And, and at the average age of 57 years old for Centerville uh, residents, we don't want to go far. We want to have these amazing places to eat in our own backyard and then be able to walk around downtown, walk up to Graders, get some ice cream, you know, visit our favorite things, listen to some outdoor music, jazz trios, things like that. That's what this is about. Well, one of the things I, I, I'm, I'm, I keep pushing, I, I have little luck pushing, but our town hall is really an amazing place. It is. But we're not using it. Mm -hmm. And this is what irritates the heck out of me. We could do so many things in that town hall. We could put on performances, mm -hmm. musical acts. It's a children's theater, which is great, but it sure could be used for a lot more than just children's theater. So I'm trying to figure out who we got to talk to to make something like that happen. I do know town hall is still owned by the this, township. Correct. Not the city. Now that, but but because of that, they're still we're part of the township. The yep, city's part. absolutely. So, so it should be a resource that we could use for many great things. Mm -hmm. Think about it. Go see a play. Go to the restaurant. Stop by. Have a cigar at your place. Mm -hmm. Right. You could do all kinds of great things if you have something to bring them there from an entertainment point of view. Exactly. And the more things that we get downtown to get people to walk around downtown, the more business it is for everybody. The more tax revenue. And I tell everybody this: these are all local small shops. For every dollar you spend in a local business, $4 comes back to your community in tax breaks, incentives, things like that. For every dollar you spend at a big box store or Amazon, only 25 cents comes back to your local community. It is such a huge difference when you shop and support local. You don't realize it. Less levies on the ballots, more infrastructure getting done for you. It saves you money. All right, so I'm going to end this conversation because I'm looking at our little clock and we have about three minutes left. Mm -hmm. I wanted you to talk about the ghost because I love the ghost. <laughs> I'm part of the Historical Society, our Center of Washington History, yep. and we do the ghost walk. I love ghosts. Tell me about your ghost. Oh, it's, it's the best. So this house was built in 1838, and, and I'm sad to say I, I didn't know as much about the history when I bought it. I just knew that it was such a beautiful, a beautiful building. So before we open, uh, I have a kind of a welcome, kind of a pre-opening sort of thing. First, just some friends from out of town to come in, and they were all upstairs. And uh, my, my high school girlfriend and her new beau come walking in. I not met the gentleman yet, the new gentleman. And uh, <clears throat> I'm giving him a tour downstairs, and the guy stops, and he says, uh, you know we're not alone right now. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I know. There, there's, a, there's, there's people upstairs. He said, that's not what I mean. And my ex-girlfriend, Jill, looks at me, and she goes, Patrick, he's a sensitive, and he's very good. I said, really? He goes, hold on a minute. And he walks over, and he looks in my office. And he jumps back. He goes, there's a lady in there doing dishes. And then he gives me another look. He goes, she just smiled and gave me a little wave. She seems really friendly. And I thought, that's my office. There's, there's no sink. There's no anything like that. Uh, so I thought that was odd. But uh, I did some research the next week and found out that in 1838, that's, that was the kitchen of the house. So now um, we, have the, we have giant glass doors on the cabinets that they slide. And it takes a lot of force. Oh, they're heavy. The yeah, I've they're done that. Yeah. Megan, uh, the young lady who runs the shop for us, she will be standing there, and all of a sudden, a door will just open wide up behind her. Slide. Slide open, which you can't do you can't, without no. serious force. No, it'll just open. Right. And that's how we know she's there. A gentleman got locked in the kitchen 
for four minutes. There's no lock on the door. The door does not seal, but he couldn't open the door for four minutes. And all of a sudden, the pressure just let go, and he heard giggling. Um, I was upstairs doing some cleaning. I heard a voice downstairs on one of the days that we were closed. I had locked the basement door because it kept coming open, and I had actually deadbolted it. I heard voices, laughter. I came back downstairs, and the door was wide open again, um, and it was a lady's voice. Oh, that's so crazy. She's all over the place. She is so sweet. She, is, she loves to have fun. Loves to have fun. Loves to have fun with us. Well, just like we do on this podcast, Patrick. Right. I want to thank you for being our third guest. This is our third episode of the Centerville Business Beat with Patrick Beckel and your host, Terry O'Brien. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you. For information about having your business showcased on an upcoming episode, please email Tri-Level Productions at terryobrien at trilevelrecords.com.